Episode 5, Take Into the Max Sports Podcast with your host, Max Murphy, and with a new haircut. I'm not going to come on this show and flame the barber. I'm going to come on this show, this podcast, and flame the Minnesota Vikings for their Monday Night Football embarrassment. What was the deal? Well, if the Vikings lost uh, their next game, which was on Monday a couple days ago, then I would be getting a haircut. This is what happened. Um, it's not what I wanted to happen. The fashion that happened is very embarrassing. Um, why not just show you guys? I mean, I'm at a low point in my life. I look like a soccer player. It doesn't feel good. Hat's coming back on. That one does not feel good. Haircut's not good. Vikings looked awful. And, I mean, how much worse could it get, right? Other than Syracuse Orangemen. They're 3-0, baby. Purdue came into JMA Wireless Dome. And what happened? Well, the second best game I've ever attended happened. First, Minneapolis Miracle. Let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. You haven't won a Super Bowl. You haven't been to a Super Bowl in 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years. What are you doing? What are you telling your fan base? What are you doing as an organization to better yourself by staying with a quarterback who doesn't fit the modern day game? Kirk Cousins, who is the least mobile quarterback, the slowest quarterback in the league, is not going to take you far. I don't care if you go out there and you get one of the best wide receivers in the league, Justin Jefferson, you draft him, you trade Stephon Diggs for him. I don't care if you get Adam Thielen, you pay him a buttload of money. Who is he even on the team? Let's be real. So I said after they went out and kicked Green Bay's butt, I said, what is the one flaw that the Vikings had week one. They're too one-dimensional. They're too focused on Justin Jefferson. What happens when you're too focused on one player? As good as he is, when you get double-teamed, triple-teamed, quadruple-teamed, when they blitz you, when they figure out ways, when they have a whole week of film and a whole year from last year of film to look at, they're going to figure out a way to slow down your best player. Bill Belichick does it best, but clearly Nick Sierrano can do it too. Uh, You're just asking the other team to, if you can stop this guy, then we are not a complete team. You guys will beat us. And that's what they did. They didn't only put Darius Slay on him. They put put two, three guys on him on every play. And when you're one-dimensional, you're not going anywhere. I love to say teams can go as far as their quarterback can take them. What is the modern day game? Who are the great quarterbacks in the NFL? All except for two Hall of Famers. Two exceptions. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, and Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. All except two quarterbacks are what in this modern day game? They have legs. They can move. They can get out of the pocket. They can make plays on their feet. What can't Kirk Cousins do? What can't Jared Goff do? 
What can't Jimmy Garoppolo do? Those are good quarterbacks, right? They're in the middle tier. They're in that 15 to 20. They're fine. They're going to win you games. Jimmy Garoppolo wins a lot of games. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I like Jared Goff. He won a lot of games with the Rams. The next step that you need to win a Super Bowl, to get to a Super Bowl, which both Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo have been able to do. What do you need? You need something special. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, these young quarterbacks, right? Go up to the older or vets. Uh, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford can use his legs. He won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson can get out of the pocket. He's a good runner. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jack, uh, sorry, Patrick Mahomes. These top echelon quarterbacks. Not only are their arms so talented, aren't they so gifted, but they can get out of trouble when they need to. This is why I love Justin Fields. If you watch Justin Fields play, when he is in the pocket, when he's in shotgun, and he snaps that ball, watch his head. It's always on a swivel. He's always looking around. His blind spot is left tackle. He's always making sure that no one's coming around. Kirk Cousins, once he snaps the ball, he gets back, and he's waiting. When's Justin Jefferson going to be open? Because when he gets open, I'm going to deliver that ball. And he can do that pretty well. Um... Let's not overreact too much. It's That was week two, right? The Vikings are 1-1. One one. That was week two. But when you look around the league and you look at what just happened before that Monday night football game, Tua Tagovailoa, what is he? A mobile quarterback. What did he do? Throw for 450 passing yards, maybe more. He got out of the pocket to do that. He made plays on his feet. Lamar Jackson who he was going up against, is one of the best running quarterbacks that we've seen since Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson is able to sling it in the pocket, out of the pocket, make plays on his feet. Kyler Murray, who ran around for 84 yards. He started at the two-yard line for a two-point conversion. He ran around 84 yards to get the two-point conversion. He's running like a little toddler so that he could help his team win. Who lost? Derek Carr. I'm not saying it's because he can't go the pocket. I'm not saying it's not because he's a runner. I'm saying these great modern-day quarterbacks are able to make plays on their feet. They're able to get out of the pocket, and they can deliver in the pocket while doing so. Mac Jones. I love him. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Um, that offense looked really good week two against Pittsburgh. Not like what it looked like week one against Tiger Viola. I just wonder how far he can take the Patriots. Unless you can acquire a pre-snap or uh, so much intelligence and learn how to be a real quarterback in the pocket like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how far you're going to take your team. Your team's going to go as far as the quarterback can take you. There's a lot of pretty good head coaches out there. Do they have great quarterbacks? No. Uh, Kirk Cousins is just a great example of someone who can deliver in the pocket. And when times are going well, when the running game is working, when the offensive line is working, it's perfect. When it's not working and you need to make plays on your feet, oh boy, like Monday night in Philadelphia. By the way, Jalen Hurts, 
Monday Night Football, speaking of in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts. What does he do every single game? Throws for at least 200 and runs for at least 50 yards. Dual threat quarterback. And that's why the Eagles are the second best team in the NFC. The Rams are first. Eagles are second. But the Eagles have that it factor at the quarterback position. Do I care that Kirk Cousins threw for three picks? No. Why should I? It's expected. Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins in Philadelphia. When a team has a whole week to prepare how to stop your one player because you're so one-dimensional, what else do I expect? You to go for 400 yards and three touchdowns? No. I expected three picks. I was really hoping after week one that Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, would figure out, hey, they're going to stop Justin Jefferson. What do we need to do? Well, we need to free up our great other wide receivers. They tried with Irv Smith. That didn't work. They tried. Actually, no, they didn't even try with KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen. Is Adam Thielen still on the team? Because he's been non-existent the first two weeks. Has one of the best hands in the game. Is one of the best route runners in the game. Just because you have a great route runner and hands with Justin Jefferson doesn't mean you have to eliminate your other great receiver, Adam Thielen. Where is he? Where was the run game? What's really going on here? And what's the difference from last year to this year? That's where I have a hard time believing in this team. It's week two. This team is better. This team is different. The defense is better. I like the head coach more. I have my questions about Kevin O'Connell because when Kevin O'Connell was with the Los Angeles Rams last year and the year before, where was their brilliance? Where was their genius? offensive play calling coming from was it from kevin o'connell or the man who knows every single play that he's ever coached in the history of his young career sean McVay, who's one of the brilliant offensive minds in the nfl where was the play calling coming from and then i watched the super bowl after we knew that this was our guy after we knew that the offensive coordinator for the los angeles rams kevin o'connell was the guy what was going to happen in that Super Bowl? Were they going to go the run or were we going to go the pass? Well, you got Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. You got Tyler Higby. You got, uh, I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr., who had one of the best rookie season, who is still a top receiver in the league despite injuries. What are you going to do? Well, they run the ball, and they keep running the ball, and they keep running the ball. And what happens when you pass it? Well, you got Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. goes for two touchdowns before he gets hurt. And gets taken out of the game. What do they do? They still stick to the run. What is this offensive play calling in the Super Bowl? Yeah, they get away with the win. They get away with Super Bowl victory on number 56 in their home stadium. But it worried me when we hired him. Because what's the offensive play calling? What's the difference from last year to this year? You had Mike Zimmer last year who apparently was toxic. Um, well, I don't know. Mike Zimmer got them to conference championship. Mike Zimmer was able to get Kirk Cousins and get good enough defense to get in the playoffs and upset Drew Brees and the Saints two years ago. Mike Zimmer has always dominated the Packers at home. What did Kevin O'Connell do? He dominated the Packers at home. What's special there? What couldn't Mike Zimmer do? He couldn't go in to the Bears on Monday Night Football and win. He couldn't let... 
he couldn't allow his play calling didn't allow Kirk Cousins or Case Keenum to take advantage of a Monday night football. Or when you need it most, primetime game. Same thing with Kevin O'Connell. I'm putting more blame on Kirk Cousins than I am anyone else. That defense wasn't great either, but hey, they let up 24 points. What more do you want to ask against a team who has A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts? Do you want me to keep going? You're playing one of the most talented offenses. You let up 24 points. Fine. But your offense has to put points too for this game to even be competitive. The frustration that I was having on Monday Night Football. Because it's the same team that I've been seeing last couple years. Too one-dimensional. Where's Adam Thielen? All these things. Anyways, this isn't a podcast. This isn't a podcast about the Minnesota Vikings. It's a podcast about what's going on in sports. NFL Week Two is why it displayed why the NFL is king. College football is amazing. College football is so much fun to watch, especially going to a big college and a great football team this year at Syracuse University, a big Power Five ACC team. It makes it way more fun to watch college sports. There's a lot of parody, right, with this new 12-team playoff, I hope. I hope that's kind of what it fixes, parody, right? Because you got Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State every year. But 12-team playoffs, can you add some parody? Now, that's what the NFL has that college football doesn't. Rarely do you see back-to-back Super Bowl winners. Tom, it was hard for Tom Brady and the Patriots to do it. One of the greatest dynasty, if not the greatest dynasty, 20-year period that we've ever seen in the National Football League. But the parody. That's why it's king. I don't back down from takes that I make, uh, hot takes that I make, especially when it's week two. But Nathaniel Hackett has got to get this thing rolling. He's got to figure some shit out. Because Russell Wilson is not able... Hey, let Russ cook. Well, he can't cook. Because Nathaniel Hackett's play calling, Nathaniel Hackett's time management is an absolute and utter disaster that the Houston Texans could take advantage of. If the Houston Texans can take advantage of your play calling and your bad coaching, then you know something's up. And you know it's on the offensive side of the football. Jerry Judy getting hurt didn't help. But despite all these struggles, despite their loss against Seattle Monday night, which was an emotional one, whatever, it was a crazy game, uh, despite their struggles against the Houston Texans, I still believe Jared G's now out for the year. Pat Sertain got hurt. He's now out for the year. They'll be back. I still believe the Broncos are a really good team. I'm going to stand with that until I don't longer believe, which won't be until week 12, week 13, when they're not rolling, which they will be. Come on, Broncos. Where is it? Where's the team that I really trusted? Where's Russell Wilson, the man that I trust the most in the National Football League? Gotta get figured out. Who did the Broncos play this week? Let's check this out. Week 1, Seattle. Week 2, Houston Texans. Let's see what we got. Sunday Night Football. In Denver, in the Mile High City, against the lot, uh, sorry, San Francisco 49ers. Man, that's going to be a good one. Speaking of the 49ers, Jimmy G 
is now their quarterback. Trey Lance went down. I said, don't throw Trey Lance into the fire right away. Let him sit behind a man who wins 70, 7 out of 10, 70% of games as a starter. Let Jimmy G do his thing with the offense, with the team that has his trust before you throw Trey Lance in there. Um, prayers, wishes go out to Trey Lance. He suffered an ankle, season-ending ankle injury. Never like to see that, even when you know someone shouldn't be in the game. Uh, Jimmy G is now taking over. He's going to bring that team to what it was, oh, I don't know, the last three years when they were in an NFC Championship and a Super Bowl. But the Broncos have their work cut out for them. Sunday night in Mile High, 49ers come to town. Can they turn it around? We'll see. Ravens-Dolphins. Firework show. What was my week two pick for this game? Didn't like the spread. Didn't like the Ravens minus five and a half. Didn't like the Dolphins plus five and a half, which I should have. I like the over 44 points. Why? Because these offenses are dynamic. Here's the difference between the Minnesota Vikings, um, a lot of other teams in the league with average quarterbacks, and teams like the Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs, Chargers, Rams. One play. That's all it takes. One play is all it takes for these teams, like the Ravens and Dolphins, to go 80 yards for a touchdown. Because you got guys like Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, to a tug of, tug of Iola who can deliver it to them. So when you have these explosive, dynamic offensive threats, they'll lead you into a shootout, which is what I predicted. Over 44 points. what I do? I wrote shootout on the screen. And that's what happened. The Baltimore Ravens, disastrous, disastrous choke of the century. You're up 21 points in the third quarter. Was it proven today's game? Well, first halves don't matter. Because ask the Arizona Cardinals, ask the Dolphins, ask the Jets, first halves don't matter. You can go down 21 points and still win the second half. Comebacks are crazy. The NFL scripters wrote week two to be a good one. Obviously came there, but what a show that they put on. Are the Dolphins legit? I'm scared about the defensive side of the ball. I think the Dolphins obviously have it all figured out on the offensive side. But when you let up 38 points, and when I can't name anyone on your D-line or linebacker position on your team, yeah, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard, excuse me, I can name them. But where are the guys on your front seven that I can't name? Now, if I really tried... If I really want to, I could name some guys because I'm a bigger NFL fan than some people. So I like to talk about it. But the defensive side of the ball scares me. When they go into Buffalo this week, they're going to have to get some stops unless you want it to be a 50-49 game like you did last week with the Baltimore Ravens. Are the Baltimore Ravens legit, speaking of? Yes. Lamar Jackson, former MVP. Top seven quarterback in this league, I believe. I'm really high on Lamar Jackson. But that choke with that not great defense scared me. <sighs> Speaking of choking, let's transition. Let's flip the page to 
the Las Vegas Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. Whoo! What a game that was. I had over 51 and a half points. And it was looking good in the first half. There were 21 points being scored. It's looking pretty good. Second half, at one point, it was 23 to 7. And sure enough, the dynamic quarterback from the Arizona Cardinals, which is why the Cardinals can go far because your team will go as far as your quarterback takes them, came back in unreal fashion. Gets a two-point conversion to make it, sorry, scores a touchdown, 13 to 15. Gets the crazy two-point conversion that you've seen all over the media. And Kyler Murray does it without DeAndre Hopkins. Without Chandler Jones, who's on the other side of the field, on the other sideline that day. Goes in there with Marquise Hollywood Brown and Gouch, I believe his name is, and wins it because he's dynamic. Cliff Kingsbury knows how to use a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. And that team is going to stay around in the FC West for a while. They're going to be good. They just signed Kyler Murray to a special deal, obviously, because he's really good. He's mobile. He's special. But you pay a guy for moments like that. And when Kyler Murray is down 23-0, you know that you still have a chance. Down three possessions. Maybe they're down two possessions. I can't remember. Anyways, with not much time. And once they won the overtime coin flip, once they were able to receive the ball, you knew it was over. Now, they end up punting. The Raiders got it. They came down. And then the defense made a special play. They got a fumble six. Why was that important for there to be six points in the overtime scored? Well, it was 23-23 going into overtime. What's that, 46 points? You need six points for the over to hit. Over 51 and a half, and boom, boom. That's what happened. Let's go. Over 51 and a half points in miraculous fashion. Earlier that day, Jalen Ramsey, who I went on the podcast on episode number four, when I was making my picks, Rams minus 10, which didn't hit, I said Jalen Ramsey would have a bounce back game. Everyone in the media, everyone on planet Earth is flaming Jalen Ramsey for what happened week one when he was guarding Stephon Diggs, rightfully so. But I say he's too special. He's the second highest paid cornerback in the league for a reason. He's the best cornerback in the league for a reason. And what does he do? He makes the play that seals the deal. Marcus Mariota has the ball down six at the Rams 20-yard line. Delivers a good pass. Jalen Ramsey comes out of nowhere. I'll take that, please. That's ball game. What does he do? Go on the sideline. I'm him. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that you paid millions of dollars to. Jalen Ramsey has a big bounce back game. Called that. That was amazing. Um, where was I wrong? About lots of things, especially my picks I'll have to preview on Friday. But the Buffalo Bills. I had one question for that team going into this week or going into this year. Will the Buffalo Bills be able to stop the run? Why did I like the Titans plus 10? Because I didn't know if they could, and they have Derrick Henry, the greatest running back, the best running back in the NFL. They held him to 13 carries for 25 yards. He wasn't even the leading rusher on the team. 
Buffalo Bills, you have gained my respect. You guys are up there with the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course the Minnesota Vikings, as the best team in the NFL. Holding Derrick Henry to 13 carries for 25 yards. I couldn't... 13 carries. 25 yards. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. That's unreal. Uh, Bills, I gave my respects. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, they are a duo like no other. And man, that team is good. Flip the page. To the second best game I've ever been to. I said in the intro. Syracuse Orangemen. Woo! They put on a show. Purdue Boilermakers came into JMA Wireless Dome. I got there at 10 o'clock for a 12 o'clock game when the gates opened. I was in third row. I saw it all happen right before my eyes. And that was the second best game I've ever been to. Nothing beats the Minneapolis Miracle. Wow. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in the fourth quarter. 44 points were scored in the fourth quarter. Guess what was scored in the first half? 12 points. At halftime, I was like, ooh, under 60 points, which I predicted. That is a no-brainer. 12 points? Gosh, I should double down. College football, just like that. Bad defenses, bad defensive plays. Sorry, Syracuse doesn't have bad defense. Purdue does. But they can let up points just like that. Um, Good offenses, bad defenses. Anyways, Syracuse scores a 30-yard touchdown with almost time expiring, eight seconds left. After they go down, five points, and they win it in walk-off fashion. Gazden, Schrader, had that connection going all day. First half was a struggle, but they had that connection going all day. And the worst beat I've ever had, under 60 points. Game finishes 29-32, and the over hits by one. Schrader didn't have it going in the first half like we've seen him the last couple weeks. He didn't have it going in the third quarter, but when it really mattered, when his team was down, when they needed a drive, when they needed points on the board at the last seconds, Schrader delivered. Schrader got for them. Unbelievable. First halves don't matter. Just ask the Dolphins and the Cardinals and the Jets. First halves do not matter. Doesn't matter to Syracuse either. More in college football. Uh, I wish I could give you more, but nothing that special happened. University of Washington looked really good against Michigan State. Are they legit? I really like Michael Penix. I really like their quarterback. I'm staying with the same top four teams, though. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, Alabama. Number three, USC. And number four, Clemson. Those are still my top four teams. Um, However... Appalachian State, who seems to be America's team where college game day was that weekend. They pulled off a miracle. Lots of miracles that went on. Week 2 in NFL and Week 3 in college football. Last second, Hail Mary. 60 yards down the field. Appalachian State wins it. Wow. Guess what today is, guys? President's Cup. I don't know how many of you watch golf. I will not be leaving my room from 12 p.m., I guess, to 7 p.m. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Except when I have to go watch Syracuse 
Friday night on ESPN versus Virginia Cavaliers. I won't be leaving my room. President's Cup. There's nothing better. That, the Ryder Cup, and the four majors. We only get the President's Cup every two years. The big headline, can the Air National team keep it close? I don't think so. Uh, America has... The American, the U.S. team has nine of the top 15 players in the OWGR rankings. They have five of the top nine players. There's never been a team this stacked. But Trevor Immelman, go listen to No Laying Up Sports Pod, uh, No Laying Up Golf Podcast when Trevor Immelman, sorry, went on and talked about his team. Can they be the miracle on ice? I'm going to bet it. Plus 650. In an event like this where you never know what can happen when you still have guys like Am Scott, Hideki Matsuyama, Cam Davis. Uh, when you still got some dudes on the team, Tom Kim, they're young too. Anything can happen. Plus 650, I think there's too much good value here. Four ball groups just got announced. And man, I'm excited. President's Cup. That'll do it. Horrendous haircut. I'll show you one more time. It's the Vikings' fault. It's not the barber's fault. As much I want as I want blaming on the barber, it's not his fault. That'll do it though. Episode five. Take it into the Max Sports Podcast with your hosts, Max Murphy. We're out.